Hello and welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Granger. Each week, we bring you the most interesting conversations from around the media industry. And today, we're talking about audience work on social media and why you shouldn't be put off from pursuing it. My guest today is Samantha Tomaszewski, who leads social strategy for commerce at BuzzFeed. She's also a trained journalist and a mentor to journalism students. Samantha talks to us today about a genuine mood within her mentees, that audience work often feels like an unrealistic career path, and they are even sometimes discouraged from pursuing it by those in the journalism industry. She put out a Twitter thread on this in early December last year, which we'll get into later today, but the point is it sparked a conversation. At the time of recording, the first post alone fetched 270 likes, and just less than 100 retweets and quote tweets, with people echoing these types of feelings and experiences. So for those who have been similarly deterred, Samantha shares some words of encouragement on how venturing into the world of audience and social media work is possible, how she did it, and how her young teammates are blossoming too. We dive into some of the skills to be gained from simply giving it a go and how that can even bolster your reporting if you want to return to a more traditional journalistic role in the future. All of that's to come, so don't go anywhere. But first, this. As well as great editorial content, journalism.co.uk provides a jobs board with the latest opportunities from around the media industry. Our job of the week is a finance and technology reporter role for independent newswire Finextra. For this position and all the rest on the jobs board, head over to journalism.co.uk forward slash jobs. Samantha, welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast. What's the working situation like for you at the moment? Um, I'm in Brooklyn, New York, um, where I've been since the beginning of the pandemic working from home. Um, I had a move in between, so I've had kind of a different variety of office spaces. But yes, I'm coming to you from my my home office in Brooklyn. So working from home still? Yeah, yeah. Um, for BuzzFeed, we've been told that we probably aren't coming back um, until at the very earliest next August, um, which was really nice because they told us that this past August that basically we had a year to kind of work from home and so people could go get a new lease somewhere or like relocate for the year. Um, it was, uh, you know, really helpful that they gave us such a large heads up. Well, um, today we're going to talk a lot about audience work, uh, Samantha. I think maybe a useful place to start might be with you. You're, of course, the social strategist of commerce for BuzzFeed. Can you tell me exactly what that means? Yeah. So I focus specifically on BuzzFeed has an entire shopping and commerce vertical um, that helps generate revenue for the the site. Um, So I focus on the uh, social strategy that has to do specifically with, yeah, our shopping vertical commerce. So we have different uh, Facebook page and Instagram account. Um, We send push notifications through the app trying to get people um, to view and hopefully convert and shop um, from BuzzFeed Shopping's content. Mm. And your training is actually in journalism, right? Yes. Yeah, I went to um, Lehigh University and I studied journalism and political science. Um, so how did you go from training as a journalist to, to what you do now? Because they seem slightly um, not far apart, but they are, of course, different skills and disciplines. Yeah. Um, and I honestly think this is why I enjoy doing a lot of like student mentorship conversations is something that I do kind of in my spare time because I love to talk to students about how I went from 
my studies, you know, in university to um, where I am now. And the you know, kind of, I guess, important middle pieces, I also worked for HuffPost for about three years um, as an audience editor. And that was definitely more in the news space before I made this transition to commerce. Um, but it was definitely my my training from the school that got me there, um, where I did study, you know, a lot of social media and I worked for my student newspaper and I was our editor in chief. So I think a lot of that practical experience that I did get in college was able to help me leverage, um, you know, interviews and opportunities when they did come up after I graduated. Yeah. And this is all going to be useful for what we're about to, about to talk about. What I want to understand is where does your journalistic sort of thread really still, uh, help you today? Um, yeah, I think in, you know, uh, again, conversations with students or being active on Twitter. And I think, yeah, it's definitely helped me again, even though I am in the commerce space now that I do approach it from maybe a different perspective as somebody who has a marketing background or kind of a different sort of training. And I think that's what's helped me sort of succeed in that role. And yeah, maybe look at marketing and commerce from like a different lens and a different angle. Um, and I do think that kind of, uh, that journalistic training and news has still kind of always been like my passion and my background. Yeah. So it's been cool to kind of approach a new different challenge and like a slightly different discipline with that lens. So Samantha, at the start of December, you had a Twitter thread, which seemed to garner quite a bit of attention. And I'm just going to take a few moments to read through that for our audience who, who may not have seen it. You say, I was on a mentoring call with a student about to graduate college and she told me that a member of a fairly popular journalism organisation gave her some discouraging advice. This person told her not to go into audience work. She was told that she'd be better off working in a reporter role covering a political committee even if no one read her work. I was shocked. Um, that's really the main part of the, the tweet. You go on to talk about the kind of skills that... Um, you acquire through working in social and how that might help to make you a better journalist, editor-in-chief, head of audience, etc. And um, basically saying that audience work is a valid career path. You know, for me, what kind of stuck out with this and what seemed to be the main thrust of the conversation was that audience roles, in journalism at least, are perhaps not taken as seriously as some of the more traditional roles still existent in the newsroom, right? So... Um, can you kind of recap on, on where that where this thread came from and, and what the impetus for that was? Sure. Yeah, I um, I honestly didn't expect it to take off as much as it did, but obviously it was very encouraging to see that so many people had strong reactions to it and were coming out in support of what I was saying. Um, that that was great, and and I think it was just that I had spoken to the student and I had such like a you know on one hand infuriating, but on the other hand like poignant sort of anecdote from her about somebody telling her that um, she shouldn't go into audience work and that she would be better off being a reporter doing work that nobody was even reading, which doesn't really make sense to me. But that was just, she clearly had been so affected by being told that even though her passion was an audience. And I just wanted to try and, uh, you know, in my conversation with her, I tried to tell her that that certainly wasn't true. And I've been able to find a path for it myself, but I just wanted to like speak to that, to the journalism community at large in some way, um, because I was just so shocked that someone would tell like a you know a growing yeah. journalist that hmm. i mean I'm, I'm not asking you to to name drop of course but can you be more specific about the type of news organization that had sort of discouraged her in this way yeah and i don't even she didn't even name i don't know the the individual who it was and that's obviously never what it was about um but it was you know a fairly large digital media organization and one that does you know promote journalism um and you know digital media but yeah again i don't i don't even know the 
specific affiliation with the organization or anything like that. Yeah. No, what I'm trying to get a picture of is where that kind of attitude has come from. Are we talking about, you said a digital media company, is that based in the US? Do you know? Yes. Legacy or print media. That's also, I think, what was interesting is that it was coming from somewhere that I wouldn't have expected this sort of advice maybe to come from. Interesting. And, you know, in in your experience, is this like an isolated event? Do you hear this a lot? Yeah. I mean, I think I've also experienced it a lot, even in, you know, my career so far um, in, you know, both of the newsrooms I've worked in, in BuzzFeed and HuffPost, they're obviously the vast majority of people are incredibly supportive of, you know, the audience team. But I do think it is sometimes a struggle to get um, your foot in the door in certain meetings or to get um, your opinions heard out by certain journalists who maybe, you know, are entrenched in some of these older, you know, schools of thought about what even is audience work or why is it important? So I think I've seen that there still is a learning process, even, you know, when I've been in newsrooms trying to do the work that I do. And it's clearly not put you off. No, no, because I think it is, it is important. So I think it's really rewarding when you do maybe get through to somebody who uh, didn't understand how you could help them in their story goes viral on Twitter. Cause you, you know, mock up a tweet thread that does really well. And they, then they see the value of it. I think there's constantly, um, a need for audience editors to try to prove and show results and data for what they're doing. And I do kind of, you know, have found that rewarding as well to be able to show people like, here's what we can do to elevate your work. Like, look, and you know, when it works, then it's really exciting. So, I mean, the thrust of that conversation, was it very much that audience roles are just not um, as integral to the newsroom or was it that they're just kind of looked down on or as I said, kind of from the beginning, like not taken as seriously, what was kind of the main bone of contention like discussed here? Yeah, I, I mean, I think all of those things are potentially true, depending on, a, yeah, I think who you're talking to. I think, obviously, I was speaking to the student as like a career conversation. She was about to graduate and she was trying to figure out what she should pursue. So I think it was, you know, maybe that they, you know, aren't as integral to newsroom, so she shouldn't do it because maybe there's not stability there. But again, I you know I shared with her, you know, it's just one experience, but I have, I've experienced stability so far in my career, you know, obviously there are always layoffs in media. Um, yeah. And I think again, too, that if she wanted to have uh, a future in journalism, she was getting told that maybe this wasn't the right path for her. Cause I think that was another point of my thread is she has an interest in politics. And so I think she was getting told, you know, if you want to go into political journalism, you have to be like a beat reporter and that's the only way you can get there. But again, I don't really think that's true. And something else I tried to outline in my thread is how many you know, great skills you do learn being an audience that can, you know, transfer to being a reporter. If you do want to do that someday, or I know people who have moved into production or product or any sort of area um, in media and beyond. So I think I was really just trying to emphasize that, that it is a, a valid career path and we shouldn't be telling young journalists that it's not. If you could go back, what would you say to yourself back in journalism school with the with the hindsight that you have now? I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Obviously, as you mentioned, I had uh, training in journalism. I was doing lots of writing and reporting in school. I had also done some social and I wasn't really sure what I wanted to end up doing. And I happened to land a job in social and fell in love with it. And it was the trajectory I was able to take. So I think, um, I feel like the advice I would give myself is to just kind of keep on the path you're on and to, you know, fall into what you're, you feel like you're good at and what you're passionate about. Cause it, it ended up, you know, kind of leading me along the, the right path, I think for my, my career trajectory. Yeah, I mean, we we speak so much about like the broadening skill set of journalists, right? Um, what kind of skills do they stand to gain from going into audience that they might be, you know, deprived of if they if they don't, if they, or, if, or if they're put off from doing so? 
I think every reporter would be made better if they did have some sort of audience training or audience background. Um, I mentioned in my thread that I have several peers at um, HuffPost who started on the social team and migrated into reporting. And they were known to be some of like really, really strong reporters because they had skills like knowing how to write a really strong headline, knowing how to package their story like on their own personal social media and getting it to take off. Um, they knew how to look at the data so that they could come to my team and be like, hey, like I see this story is doing really well on Facebook. Could we share it a few other places? Like I think really knowing those types of things even if you want to move on from audience work can really help you yeah, again, be effective reporter or be effective, you know, in whatever other space you might want to uh, enter. Yeah. And, and, you know, let me just ask again, you, you speak about the, the work you do with your uh, mentoring students, you know, what is the, the mood from, from what you see in here um, towards, you know, the, the viability of going into audience work and, and the, preconceptions that go with that. Yeah, I think that's definitely, you know, what I'm trying to dispel because I do hear a lot that they're nervous or they're confused or not really sure if it is a viable path or how if it if they would want to pursue it, how do they, you know? So I think I always encourage them, you know, be active on your own personal Twitter, follow people you like, see what news organizations you like are doing and finding ways to kind of personally train yourself, even if maybe some, you know, college programs don't have like audience or digital programs, because I know obviously some are still very entrenched in reporting and print, which is great and super important. I did a lot of print media in college as well. Um, but I think a lot of them are trying to figure out how to branch into that digital space, you know, on their own, so to speak. The the question I would ask is, you know, if there are these existing uh, attitudes still in the uh, legacy print digital media space, you know, there are still digital media companies like BuzzFeed and HuffPost who are looking for uh, journalists with this kind of a skill set. So based on your experience, what are the skills that these these types of media outlets really look for in young journalists thinking about their the remit of audience audience focused skills? Yeah, that that's a great question. And something that I usually tell students is what is more important is the soft skills than the hard skills. Because as an example, when I got hired at HuffPost, I started working there pretty much right after I had barely graduated from college when I got the offer. And I necessarily wasn't trained in all the tools that they used. Um, I, yeah, there were certainly things that I had to get trained up on in my first weeks, but I think it was more that I showed potential and I showed, you know, that I understood the news space and that I, you know, I kind of just got it. Mm -hmm. And I think that is more important than being able to have training in one specific tool. Because I think if you show that you're passionate and a fast learner, that you can, um, you can, you know, catch up on that stuff. And I think that's, again, what I always try to encourage students is to not feel intimidated if they see like, you know, the name of a, a program or the, you know, they don't have access to CrowdTangle or Parsley or whatever these tools are that maybe, you know, these organizations use, because as I've seen, you just get trained up on those. And I think it's more about your broader understanding of the news space and how to make, uh, get people's eyes on content, I think is way more important. And I think those are skills you can, you know, develop, you know, there's, there are things you can learn and there are things that you can't learn. What's been helpful for some of the younger staff at BuzzFeed to sort of grow into the role and acquire new skills? What's been, what's been really beneficial for them? Yeah, I think kind of along the lines of what I was saying is I think just being a go-getter and being passionate, I think along the same lines, I think BuzzFeed, again, isn't looking for fellows who've been like, you know, I've worked here and there and I know all these skills or I've used all these tools because you can't expect people to at that point, in, you know, in their career. I think it's just showing, again, an understanding of, 
media, you know, maybe some experience at like a student publication. Um, I have always been able to leverage my experience at my college newspaper and talk about it, you know, as if it was, you know, real experience. I think students shouldn't discount that if they're, they have the ability to work on a student publication. Um, but I think really just being passionate about learning and asking questions and requesting meetings with people or, or, you know, being open to feedback. Again, I think it's really just about that, that drive and passion if you're able to kind of get your foot in the door to take advantage of it as much as possible. What are perhaps some of the easy mistakes to make and, and things which, you know, maybe you would have done differently if you could go back in time? That's a really good question. I, I think obviously a, a lot of of folks, you know, who are young and in media probably suffer from, you know, imposter syndrome, as I sure, I'm sure plenty of people do. And you know, every, everyone still does from time to time. But I think I definitely took a while when I was in the newsroom at HuffPost to kind of get my confidence and get my legs to be able to speak up or, you know, be able to get involved in certain conversations that I probably wish I had sooner, because I probably would have learned more faster, you know, been able to kind of um, yeah, get involved quicker. I think I was obviously very quiet in the beginning because I was new or worried, you know, maybe, you know, they, you know, hiring me with a fluke, you know, I think especially if you're young, you probably have those sort of fears. Yeah. So I think to try to push those worries out of your mind as much as possible and just embrace where you yeah. are. Asking for a friend, uh, does, does imposter syndrome ever go away? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. Especially uh, at BuzzFeed right now, I'm, you know, uh, leading a team for the first time and it, that definitely has come creeping back just when I thought I kind of had mastered, you know, things and I felt comfortable in, in a newsroom. I, you know, becoming a manager for the first time definitely, I think, brings a lot of that back too. Yeah. It's it's interesting you should bring up imposter syndrome. I didn't I didn't imagine we would be talking about this today. But, you know, do you think there's a link perhaps between thinking like if you've been told for so long that, I don't know, this way of doing political journalism is the correct way and the way that you want to do it is, you know, we don't care about that. And then suddenly you find yourself in a position where you are doing it and you're allowed to do it. There's that bit of a, a nag in the back of your head saying like, am I doing the right thing here? Or, you know, do I do I actually belong here? Yeah. And yeah, I think also too, and did I get here the right way? I think that was also something that does kind of tie back to the, the tweet thread that I wrote is like that people still maybe see there is only one path to becoming, you know, a national correspondent or a senior reporter at an organization. And I, I wonder, yeah, folks who have taken that, the, that different route through audience or digital or even, you know, lots of other, you know, disciplines, but still ended up back at reporting if they, they worry or fear that they didn't take the right path. And so that makes them you know, different or less than in some way, which I just don't think is true. Is there any one thing you can think of, which is like a, a common skill, a common ground that all the all the great staff on your team have that makes them like good at their jobs? Hmm. Yeah, I, I think just understanding the audience as much as possible. I think, you know, it's called audience work for a reason. And I think that was something that I learned really heavily at HuffPost as well, that we really needed to learn who we were trying to get our content to really deeply and the best way to distribute it to them. Or, you know, on Apple News as a platform, the audience is vastly different than like Instagram as a platform. And I think people who understand that difference and catch on quickly and find the right ways to shape the content for those different audiences on different platforms are the people who really, really do well. Yeah. I guess you would say that like social media isn't going anywhere, right? Like the way we use it might be changing, the way it is, I don't know, regulated might be changed in the future. But the fact is social media is here and it's only going to get more important in the future. It's therefore necessary to really cultivate those skills rather than try and hinder them. I guess that's a takeaway that I'm reaching based on this conversation. Is that a fair summary at all? 
Yeah, I would definitely agree. And like you said, the the platform may change. And I know certainly uh, traffic sources change. You know, I know folks who used to rely really heavily on Facebook because you would put something up and it would get crazy engagement and crazy, you know, clicks. But obviously the the algorithm changes. So I think learning a a variety of platforms so you can kind of diversify your your traffic sources is also really important. Finally, Samantha, for anyone listening to this who is feeling like they've been discouraged from pursuing audience work or social work and really trying to force down the more traditional route what would be the message that you would like to uh, offer them and, and leave them with yeah I think just if that's what you're passionate about it's I'm one case and I'm one opinion but I have been able to make a career out of it and I have been able to go along that path and I've been intensely grateful for it because I have enjoyed it so much and I realized it was the right thing for me. So I think that's possible for other people too. Mm -hmm. So those people just need to obviously, you know, weigh your options and do the right thing for you. But I don't, I think, especially when you're earlier in your your career and you feel like maybe you can take a risk, you know, don't count out social and audience work because I think it'll make you a better journalist overall in the end. Samantha, it's been a pleasure speaking to you today. Thanks for all of your time and insights. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. Great to talk to Samantha there and a great deal to be taken from the conversation. From the point of view of someone wanting to pursue audience work, as an action point you could do today, I would single out what Samantha said about familiarising yourself with the market rather than going into the weeds of specific tools as a good piece of advice. From an industry point of view, communicating the value of audience work is key and demonstrating how it creates or supplements journalism is important to overcoming some of these entrenched perceptions. If you like what you heard today, you can find more of our episodes on SoundCloud, Spotify and Apple Podcasts by searching and subscribing to the journalism.co.uk podcast. And if you'd like to feature on an episode, please feel free to reach out on jacob at journalism.co.uk. But that's all we have time for today. I've been your host, Jacob Granger. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.